Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Control Amplified podcast. I'm Len Vermillion, Editor-in-Chief of Control Magazine and ControlGlobal.com. Today, we're talking radar level measurement with Keith Riley, Product Marketing Manager for Level and Pressure Technologies at Endress and Hauser. Specifically, we're going to talk about the 80 gigahertz radar level measurement technology. But before we do any of that, Keith, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I, I look forward to uh, a good discussion with you here today. So let's start with a little background. Um, why don't you tell us about how 80 gigahertz radar level measurement technology has changed over the past several years? All right. Uh, very good question. Uh, I'm going to answer that in two parts. First, 80 gigahertz technology is continuing to evolve within the industry. Uh, the most recent cases are you're going to see uh, a stronger signal. Uh, the, it was a good signal to begin with. We've, you've been able to add strength to that signal, and you've also been able to add a uh, speed of response to that signal. It's, it's a faster, it does more evaluation. That does two things for you. First off, the, the stronger signal means you can get even greater distance out of it than you could originally compared to a 26 gigahertz uh, unit. And also that speed of response makes it even more reliable and more responsive to things like fast level changes in small vessels or heavily agitated. It just adds to the reliability of the technology as it continues to evolve. Uh, I think really the 80 gigahertz story though comes as what does that evolution mean in terms of level measurement overall. Uh, when you look back at the history, for years, we, we had two different types of free space radar, 6 gigahertz and 26 gigahertz. Uh, both were reliable. Both had their spot where they uh, would work well. And, and they, they still do that today. Uh, but with the advent of the 80 gigahertz, a lot of the challenges that were in place uh, have now been eliminated. Uh, let me give you an example. I mean, you go into a normal vessel, maybe it's got some agitator blades or some heating coils, things like that. 20 gigahertz would, 26 gigahertz would work well in there, but you did have to do a certain amount of filtering and things of that nature, what oftentimes we call mapping to make sure the instrument would ignore those obstructions. 80 gigahertz with its a uh, higher frequency and naturally narrower beam angle make it so much more user-friendly to go into those types of, shall we say, busy environments mm -hmm. and be able to work without nearly as much adjustment. So it's changed that landscape about uh, what, what do you need for free space and can you use free space where maybe it wasn't available before. So those are some of the changes that we're seeing out of the, the 80 gigahertz evolution, if you want to call it that. Bear in mind, I, I do want to say 80 gigahertz, while it's an extremely useful tool, is not an end-all. You, you still, for the benefit of the customer and the application, have to take a fit-for-purpose approach to the solution. Uh, and sometimes there are still places where the 6 or 26 gigahertz make more sense. Uh, other times, uh, maybe even something like a guided wave radar is still the proper solution, even with all the advantages of the 80 gigahertz. Okay, now safety is always a big focus, of course. Um, so what influence do 80 gig devices have on safety in today's plants? 
And it really ties back into what I said earlier, Len, in that we've got a risk reduction. And part of that risk reduction just comes from the basic setup of the device. If I don't have to work so hard to map out things and I have a more reliable signal because of that, that inherently is going to increase the safety for our system. Uh, fewer human errors, fewer potential for mistakes. So the 80 gigahertz from that standpoint naturally uh, enhances that. I think a lot of the safety goes hand in hand with the HMI that is developed along with the 80 gigahertz technology. And by that, I mean, anybody in the chemical industry realizes that only 35% of their failures in a safety instrumented system are attributed to the random failures, which are what the, uh, the Lambda DU values are associated with, with your instrument. Uh, and as those things fall lower and lower, they have a, a diminished return on investment to improve your Lambda DU. 65% of your errors are systematic failures, which generically can be considered human failures. So when you look at the newer 80 gigahertz radar, in addition to enhanced HMI with things like a SIL wizard, uh, the SIL wizard by itself means you're manually reviewing in a read-only format all those SIL relevant parameters that you were supposed to put into the instrument and ensuring that they're actually in there correctly. It's far too easy for somebody to either look at a sheet, jump on a line when he's looking at his values, or maybe get interrupted when he's commissioning the instrument for the SIL system and that get interrupted when he's uh, entering the values for his SIL system and accidentally not hitting save, moving on to the next one. All these things that are human errors that can be caught by the simple use of the SIL wizard that makes you manually review and make sure, yes, that's what the settings I wanted. So that's one of the ways these newer 80 gigahertz radar units with enhanced HMI are going to improve that. The same can be said for proof testing. Uh, typically proof testing, you're going to have your sheet, then you're gonna to have to go to the instrument. You have to work through your menu structure to look at the settings. If you have something like a proof test wizard, that walks you through the process, allows you to answer the questions right there on the instrument, review the settings on the instrument. It makes it much less likely that you're gonna have a human error or inadvertently even change a setting by accident while you're trying to go through the whole proof test procedure. So it not only speeds things up, but it reduces that human error, which inherently increases that safety of the device. Well, let's talk about products a little bit. Um, so how do rebel, uh, radar level measurements like uh, the 80 gig micropilot from Anderson Hauser uh, contribute to ease of use? We've already addressed the, the, the primary one that people think of, Len, when you're looking at that narrower beam angle, less mapping, less work to install the unit. So that's ease of use just by that uh, inherent narrower beam angle. Mm -hmm. Now, we also can go back to that HMI question again, which is uh, what we call a commissioning wizard. And this is built into all of our new 80 gigahertz units. It's, a, it's our fancy way of saying instrument-led commissioning. Why is that critical? We're seeing a lot of reduction in experience in the, the technician and maintenance workforce, uh, just simply by attrition, people getting older, uh, younger technicians who are extremely intelligent coming in, but with less experience on these instruments. 
every smart instrument has its own menu structure. Uh, none of them are quite the same. Some of them use slightly different technology, all for the same setting or function. Uh, and it's really difficult for a young technician to become fully acquainted with, again, 15, 20, 25 different smart instrument manufacturers and what their menu structure is. Mm -hmm. Did I go to all the menus? Did I answer all the questions right? Did I leave something out? All these things that come with experience. The commissioning wizard being instrument led is the instrument uh, is asking you questions. It's telling, I need to know this, answer the question for me. Let's move on to the next step, answer this question for me. And so simply by being able to fill in those questions uh, you can successfully commission the device, you eliminate human error, and it actually speeds everything up as well. So again, it, it reduces that, that issue and makes it much easier on the site and the technician. And of course, there's a lot of choices for plant operators these days. So what criteria should a plant operator consider when they're assessing if they should you know, utilize 80 gig free space radar right. measurement? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, again, we have to look at the application first. And as I said, 80 gigahertz is becoming more and more universal. So it's a good place to start. But then we need to look at a couple of things. Uh, 80 gigahertz does a very good job of avoiding obstructions. But by the same token, if you happen to see an obstruction right in the way of your nozzle, 80 gigahertz is going to see that may not see around it. So there's a simple evaluation. Do I have a relatively clear path. What is the process fluid in question? 80 gigahertz at a higher frequency ha may have more of an issue with certain uh, vapor spaces, which are at a frequency that tend to attenuate the signal and cause issues. So you have to look at what's in the, the vessel. Uh, ammonia is a perfect example. Ammonia and free space radar as a general rule then do not play well together because it attenuates the signal uh, terribly. Uh, six gigahertz in a stilling well can work, but that's a just an example of where guided wave radar is still the preferred uh, technology if you have ammonia vapors in your vessel. Uh, there are other vapors that we have to keep in mind and comes back to that fit for purpose discussion. I think finally, we have to look at really what are the three values that mean the most to our customer. And you've already touched upon, I think really all three of them. Simplicity. Am I choosing a device that's going to be the most simple for me to set up, maintain and operate? Safety. Uh, what, what kind of risk reduction am I looking for? Whether that be to the, my personnel or to the process or to both. Am I getting that kind of service out of the device? And most importantly, productivity. Is the instrument I'm choosing going to let me be the most productive? Can I make more product and more revenue by using in the process as it is now by utilizing this device? And there's a lot of cases where the 80 gigahertz, especially with that extra HMI, added things like predictive maintenance, condition-based monitoring, all the things that the newer devices can bring is the correct answer. Wonderful. Well, that's a lot of great information, Keith. And before we end up going, I want to ask you, so what's the biggest takeaway our listeners should remember about 80 gigahertz radar level? Honestly, 80 gigahertz is a wonderful device. It's going to be around for 
for a long time. And it is going to be a very universal solution, but I don't want anybody to fall in the trap that it's a one size fits all that we have yet to find that technology in the industry. There, there is always that whole fit for purpose concept. And we have to keep in mind, there's times we need to look outside that 80 gigahertz technology for the best solution. Well, Keith, thank you for joining us today. Wonderful information. And I want to thank you for being here. I appreciate it, Len. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, thank you. I want to thank all your listeners for any questions they might have in the future. Wonderful. Wonderful.